Yeah. Thank you. You come back next time you're in New York, right? Yeah, of course. All right, St. Nicole, if you want to comment on any portion of our discussion, you can give me a call, 800-848-9222. We are going to go live to Japan in just a minute and talk about aliens. This is The Other Side of Midnight, a radio show where you never know what's going to happen. We'll continue straight ahead. WABC. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano, 77 WABC. The Other Side of Midnight presents The Midnight Files. Midnight in the desert, shooting stars across the sky. This man. Journey will take us on a ride filled with the longing, searching for the truth. Make it to tomorrow, will the sun shine on you? This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. It's no secret uh, that I'm very interested in UFOs, and a lot of our listeners are too. And so what ends up happening is all sorts of people send me articles about UFOs or UAPs, extraterrestrials, aliens, different theories. And so uh, a few weeks ago, I came across this article in Vice Vice is an an interesting news publication that does some terrific long-form journalism. The headline really said it all. Inside a dying Japanese town obsessed with aliens. Now, the article was interesting, and I linked to it on my Facebook and on my Twitter. Uh, You could check it out at Frank Morano. But there's also a video. It's almost like a mini documentary all about this town in Japan nestled among wooden mountains outside Fukushima, a small town who seems completely defined by flying saucers. Now, I thought to myself, we have to try and get the journalist responsible for this story on the radio. And lo and behold, she was kind enough to agree to join us, I believe, live from Japan. I'm very pleased to welcome the uh, Japan reporter for Vice News, Hanako Montgomery. Hanako, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Frank. It's a it's a pleasure. So uh, are we talking to you in Japan now? Yes, yeah, I'm in Tokyo in Japan, so around 4:23 in the afternoon over here. Oh, wonderful. All right. So we're uh, we're we're drive time there. It's not the middle of the night over there, uh and uh, that that's great. I'm glad it's not too disruptive to your sleep schedule. <laughs> oh yeah, not at all, not at all. Now, uh, before we discuss your uh, terrific piece, how did you come to uh, be a uh, J- Japan correspondent for uh, for Vice? Do you have experience in journalism here in the United States, uh, or have you always been primarily based in Japan? Right. So I actually grew up in New York, but I come from a mixed background. So I've always been interested in covering the Japan beat for the American audience or the uh, American beat for the Japan audience. So I've, I've been doing a couple of uh, jobs sort of in that area. And before joining Vice, I reported for Japanese television. So I guess I'm doing the 
the reverse of what I did before now. Well, no, that's uh, that's terrific. Uh, during the during the Olympics, we spoke with uh, an American who is a broadcaster in Japan by the name of Dave Spector. Now, he tells us he's one of the biggest stars in all of Japan. But uh, given the fact that I don't get exposed to a lot of Japanese media, I have no way of verifying what he says is true. Can you tell us, is Dave Spector as big a star as he's claiming to be? <laughs> I am actually not too sure myself. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm going to be honest. It is maybe my first time hearing of Dave Spector, but again, you know, uh, it I might think, be different for I think we have our answer. I, I think we have our answer. So tell me about this story. How did you discover this town? And uh, why is this particular town so obsessed with aliens? Right. Yeah. So I came across this town just sort of uh, reading Japan news. I saw, you know, UFO day over here, I believe on June 24th of last year. And I saw that this institution had been made to look into different UFO stories and alien stories. Uh, and, you know, upon further research, I learned that this town was uh, cited for extraterrestrial uh, visions and just sort of experiences, um, sightings in general for a few years uh, before 2021. Um, so obviously, you know, <laughs> it's it's a fascinating topic. And I dug a little deeper, sort of contacted the people who are responsible for the institution. And yeah, I think that's where the, the story started. And, and what is the name of the town? Yeah, it's uh, Ino. It's in Fukushima. And uh, here's a, a bit from the video that's posted on, uh, you know, on your piece from Vice.com of you talking with one of the residents. You're actually asking a UFO expert about why uh, this is such a hot spot for UFOs. UFO自体のそのエネルギーにしてるんじゃないかとか、自分が引き寄せてるんじゃないかとかいうことで、あの、戦艦森が UFOの基地なんじゃないかとかっていう話もありまして、で、多いんじゃないかなっていうふうに。
witnesses that say uh, there are reports of UFO activity in this one town going back to the 70s. Do, uh, is the general theory about why there's so much UFO activity and has been so much uh, for so long, is it all tied to the unique energy signatures or, and, and the shape of the mountains? Or is there a, an alternative theory about why there's so many aliens that are seemingly attracted to this one Japanese town? Mm, I think, you know, a lot of it does have to do with the mountain. And uh, actually in the in the town, um, and I, I'm not sure if this made it into the video piece, but there have also been uh, reports that there are these you know, huge, huge boulders that possess some kind of energy. And uh, they're, you know, some of them kind of look vaguely familiar, like other, uh, I guess, landmarks around the world. And some people have assumed, you know, that maybe these stones were laid there by aliens um, as sort of like a a landing site, if you will, so that they don't crash. Uh, So it's the mountain, these boulders. And I think also just around the 70s, there had you know, there were just more UFO reports within Japan. I think a lot of people were interested in the topic and they looked up, if you will. Mm. Uh, we have as a mascot on this radio program, a small gray alien named Prometheus. This town actually has as its mascot a small white alien piloting a golden flying saucer that makes random appearances uh, in uh, local shops and in the empty town plaza. How did this town come to make this uh, this white alien its mascot? Yeah, I think, you know, so because, you know, has been known as a UFO town um, for for so long and because they were, you know, doing so much outreach and sort of, I guess, town rebuilding, uh, when it came time to, I guess, sort of advertise the uh, Fureaikan, which is sort of the, the museum aspect of the research center, uh, they decided that, hey, you know, why don't we create something that's a, a bit cuter and, you know, shows aliens. And, you know, Japan is kind of globally known for having these these adorable looking mascots. Um, I'm not sure if you know Kumamon. Uh, he's one from Kumamoto Prefecture in southern Japan, but he's he's huge internationally. So I think there's also a little bit of hope that um, this mascot makes it big in, in that world. Well, has the has the mascot and all the um, the alien activity, you mentioned the museum and all the other stuff that's going on in this one town, has that helped with tourism in this town? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, tourism definitely has increased a little bit in the town because of this, this research center and, you know, the town's attempts to kind of bring people there to see the aliens and to experience alien, alien life. I think um, because Eno isn't really known for much else besides that they're not really, you know, known for um, a specific import or, you know, export mean goods. And Fukushima itself has experienced depopulation um, from the 80s. And then also the, of course, the devastating sure. 2011 disaster. So it has it has helped, um, maybe not so much internationally, especially with COVID restrictions, but uh, certainly around the Fukushima area, you have visitors. Uh, we're talking with Hanako Montgomery. She's a reporter on Japan for 
Vice News, and uh, she does a lot of great reporting. But a story that really caught my attention was this uh, terrific story about this town, Eno, uh, that is obsessed with aliens. Now, Hanako, uh, here in the United States, uh, whether it's New York or, you know, any town, really, it seems like there are a lot of people that uh, buy into the idea of extraterrestrial visits to the Earth. But there are also a lot of people who are skeptics and are totally dismissive of the idea that uh, aliens might be visiting Earth. In Eno, Mm -hmm. are there skeptics as well, or is everyone pretty much a believer that aliens are making regular visits to the Earth? Yeah, for sure. Uh, there are definitely skeptics. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are, of course, you know, people who have said they've, they've seen aliens, they've, uh, come into contact. Um, there's some pretty interesting stories of people, you know, being sucked up into a UFO as well. But, uh, on the other hand, there are people who see it as just sort of a, um, a way for increasing tourism. And, you know, the, the mascot is cute, but they dismiss any of the sightings or, uh, the theories that Mount Sanganmori attracts this sort of alien life. When did they start making a concerted effort to use aliens as a, a tourist attraction in this community? Did that happen after the, um, the, the Fukushima nuclear power plant incident or was that before? Yeah, so it was a, it was before it was around the the eighties um, and into the nineties that they decided to use aliens as a form of their um, town outreach and tourism. The disaster happened then twenty years after that or so. Yeah, twenty if my math is right. <laughs> um, twenty or so years after that, and of course, you know having the research center there um, also has helped um, get some eyes on the town itself. There has been a number of high profile reports of uh, videos of UFO sightings or UAP sightings here in the United States. The authenticity of some of these videos has been confirmed by the Pentagon. Navy pilots reported seeing these uh, these flying objects that can do things that um, no military vehicle that they're familiar with could uh, could do. And I think that's caused some people in the United States to sort of Uh, think differently about this issue. Mm. Have the reports of these military videos, these military sightings of UAPs, has that changed the Japanese outlook on UFOs at all? Yes, for sure. Actually, the, you know, the, the CIA reports that I I believe you're mentioning, um, those, you know, I guess getting declassified has encouraged UFO believers in Japan to sort of say, Hey, you know, we were seeing this kind of stuff. We have reported this before. Um, so it definitely has solidified a lot of what, um, they believe they're saying or have been saying. Um, so it's given a bit of courage, I think, um, in, in other words, um, in trying to prove to them, uh, that UFOs do exist. You write, and this is, Really fascinating to me that Japan, ha- in general, has a long history of UFO sightings uh, going all the way back to 1803, where there are historical documents, including illustrations, that describe a pale-faced woman wading ashore in mm-hmm. a vessel which looks a lot like a flying saucer. And Japan's former first lady actually recounted being abducted by aliens. Is that right? 
Yes. Yeah. In her uh, book that I, she published, I think in uh, the late 20, 2008, uh, she talked about, yeah, being abducted by an alien, um, I think in a triangular shaped uh, flying saucer, something that looks, you know, like a classic UFO. I, I can't imagine an American first lady being willing to tell that story so publicly, but I guess Japanese voters didn't blink. I think the story of her um, riding a flying saucer came a little bit after maybe her her husband uh, became prime minister. But, you know, they were sort of seen as a bit of a a quirky couple. Um, I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. And it very, yeah, a bit a bit unusual and certainly not um, what the current first lady in Japan is saying now. So uh, there, there is a museum in, in this town in Japan that goes back to the early 1990s documenting uh, a, alleged extraterrestrial life. You've got video of it in this piece for Vice. It's terrific. I hope people check it out. But apparently they've also established, established an alien research lab. Why, why did they feel that they needed to establish a, an alien research lab in addition to simply having a museum? Mm, yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think, you know, for the museum, it introduces people to the topic. So it gives people a space to sort of explore, uh, connect with others who might have seen a UFO or are just interested in that culture. Uh, but having a research lab in this specific uh, area, I think they wanted to kind of look at these reports that they've been getting and try to prove some of the sightings uh, that they've been receiving. So, you know, I think it's, it's almost a step up, I think, um, and trying to debunk some of the ones that have been maybe falsely reported, but then also kind of contribute to, you know, declassified documents and try to make such sightings more official. And where do they get funding for something like that, an alien research lab? Yeah, so part of it has from part of it comes from the actual museum, and then they also have these membership programs that where you know you have you can join and sort of get access to this information, and also I think a lot of the researchers who are involved in the project are just sort of doing it for for fun. Um, you know, one of the researchers we spoke to, Asosan, he you know, has a different um, job, you know, that brings that brings home the bacon. <laughs> but in his spare time, he looks at this UFO stuff and tries to help his community and trying to understand where these aliens might be coming from. Mm, well, that is uh, really neat. Now, since discovering this article, I've become uh, a fan of your reporting in uh, in general. Uh, I was re- really interested. Oh, sure. You're welcome. In this article that you did on um, a man who found 170 bottles of luxury Japanese whiskey stolen, uh, because I am a uh, I'm a whiskey drinker and I've tried a couple of Japanese whiskeys. Uh, I am curious in your research for that piece or just your life experience in general. Do you have a uh, a favorite Japanese whiskey, or is there anything that you'd recommend to uh, an American audience that might be fond of trying different whiskeys? Ah, a great question. Um, <laughs> I actually am not too much of an avid whiskey drinker, so uh, take my recommendations with a grain of salt, but I do like um, Hibiki, uh, Japanese whiskey. I think it's quite 
popular, a little bit mainstream. So it might not be as niche as um, you might have been hoping for. Um, but I, I tend to find that that's, I guess, smoother. Can I get that uh, here in the, the United ones. States as well? Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, I mean, definitely imported from Japan, uh, which might be, you know, have exorbitant prices. But I think if you go to a liquor store and you're, you know, Staten Island, Staten Island, excuse me. So I think, yeah, you can definitely find it in New York. Uh, well, I uh, give me the name one more time, if you would. Yeah, it's uh, Hibiki. It's H I B I K I. Actually, I do think I have uh, I have seen that from yeah. uh, from time to time. What is your yeah, spirit of choice if it's not uh, Japanese whiskey? <laughs> 